When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Here's an important BBC announcement concerning the worldwide scandal caused by the Andy Williams bear and cookie joke. (laughs) In answer to viewers' inquiries as to the origin of the bear and cookie joke, Mr. Williams yesterday admitted, The bear and cookie joke is quite meaningless. It has never had a meaning. Not now, not ever, never! The whole matter has now been taken to court, and six million viewers are suing the bear. And the cookies, on the grounds that the so-called joke is a contravention of the Trade Descriptions Act. Proceed for the prosecution. But I submit that the Andy Williams show did repeatedly use the bear and cookie joke to willfully and maliciously mislead innocent viewers into laughing at something that was not funny. I object. I submit that the bear and cookie joke stands as incontrovertible evidence that if you repeat something often enough, no matter how meaningless it is, people will laugh at it. Well, well, it's a very interesting theory, but I'm sure the court will require some proof of that, you know. Very well, my lord. With your permission. Certainly. (coughs) Teapot. That's not funny. Teapot. Don't find that funny. (laughs) Teapot. I'm not laughing. Teapot. 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 Once again, the Angus Prune tune drags to the microphone Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, and Billotti. In yet another edition of. I'm sorry, our teapot again. <laughs> Radio Prune's the one for me, it really is my cup of tea. Pot. <laughs> yes, welcome to the 11th week of Full Frontal Radio, and right away... Yeah, yeah, this will make you laugh. Don't interrupt. Don't listen to this. My wife, my wife has gone to the West Indies. Oh, Jamaica? No, she went of her own... That's not funny. Teapot. <laughs> Funny. That is funny. Anyway, anyway, as, as I was saying. My wife, my wife, my wife, my wife. My wife, she's so fat. Not again, not again. No, it's good. My wife, she's so fat when she walks down the street. And she looks like three dogs riding in a teapot. 
no, that's quite enough now. Quite enough now. May wave. Now stop it. May wave. Now push off, you silly old teapot. Oh, dear, I do most sincerely apologise. Whilst those buffoons are getting over their silly fixation with teapot... <laughs> it's not funny. What isn't? Teapot. <laughs> now, that is quite enough. Enough what, enough what? That word is banned from now on. I'm not saying it, and I didn't start giggling if I do. Do you want to say it? Say what? Say it. No. Say it. It is forbidden. God. Nobody must use the word teapot. <laughs> you must not use that word except in very desperate circumstances, as in the case when... The audience hasn't laughed at one of your jokes, right? No, no more giggling. No. Good. So now, on with the teapot. <laughs> oh, sir! Oh, blast up the teapot. <laughs> It's time for Radio Prune's full frontal review of the Pops and Moms and Kiddywinkies. Bringing you news, views, reviews, shoes, gnoos, moos, booze, and when all else fails, teapot. <laughs> and bringing you facts and lies about the world of pop music from London, Manchester, and Birmingham, too. Aston Villa, three. So here we go with Pop Roundup. Yeah! Yoko Ono. Oh, no! Oh, yes. It's come up with a new musical experience. It's called screaming. In our latest concerts, Yoko sits on stage with a paper bag on her head and screams. Then she takes the paper bag off and the audience screams. Ah! Next week, in the interests of world peace, both John and Yoko are going to push off. Top of the Pops. Scandal after the latest editions of BBC TV's Top of the Pops. When a missing TV camera was found wandering about lost. Up a girl's miniskirt. <laughs> indecent assault. A BBC spokesman added, We have noticed that it is possible to see right up to the girls' knickers owing to the shortness of their miniskirts. So we've asked the girls to drop them. <laughs> also on a recent Top of the Pops, Tony Blackburn presented the prize for the dolliest dresser to himself. Later on today's show, we'll be hearing how Radio One intends to capture the teenage audience, strap them to their radios, and make them listen to its boring new program. And we'll be hearing extracts from the new BBC Supergroup, featuring Eric Robinson and his gut bucket violins. Also, we'll be hearing from our special guests in the studio, playing live on the tape recorder. Oh, what a giveaway! And this week we have Peter, Paul, and Harry, and the incredible string vest. LP time as we feature tracks from the Julie Andrews Dirty Songbook. <laughs> Expurgated version. Stars burning the 
something for those of you who like a good, clean laugh. Ha, <laughs> Now for those who like a dirty laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and now here is a police message. Early this morning, a police car knocked over a constable on point duty and squashed his helmet. Will anyone who saw the accident please keep quiet about it? And here is a late racing result. Sorry, I'm late. At, at Aintree this afternoon, Gay Gibbon beat Wounded Nun to win this year's Grand National. 17 Rand. 12 limped, 6 crawled, <laughs> 2 stayed at home and watched it on television. Meanwhile, back at Radio Prune, it's time for... Wasn't that nice? So was that. And it's also time for the money programme, in which we advise you how you can make the best use of your money. I'm sorry we haven't replied to all your letters. We couldn't afford the stamps, but our experts will answer some of your inquiries. I want to take my secretary to dinner at the Magenta Fruit Batter Go-Go. What will it cost me? Your reputation. Can I go to France for five pounds? You can, but wouldn't it be easier to go to your local bank? Can you tell me the advantages of Britain joining the common market? No, thank you. Can you answer some questions about the Bank of England? What is the differential of monetary growth over the past financial year in ratio to the rate of interest in gilt-edged stock fiscal investments? And what's the combination of the same? Oh, what a giveaway. Don't try beating it, just keep repeating it. You promise you'll be chuckling soon. At the totally meaningless teapot joke. Brought to you on Radio Prune. <laughs> Brought to you on Radio Prune. Bum. And now we'd like to slow the whole thing down a little. Bum. <laughs> and now the return of the Tillingbourne Folk and Magical Society, played on this occasion by Bill Oddie. We wish to sing for you a short medley of the theme songs of their two favourite TV personalities. Everybody's talking about the things I see on my TV. Shades of mediocrity and the dustbins of my screen. I'm wondering where a haze of cattle dreams Wednesday plays. Count the cost, David Cross, far too much. I shouldn't touch, I don't know where he's been. <laughs> yes, I'm lost, but no matter where I roam, I'm coming back. Coming back to my canyon, Understood word he said, they're in my head and going round and round. Cause every sentence that he said just sounds like no cliche. Emptiness, meaningless, echoing, chattering. I know he doesn't mean a thing. I guess he's just a clown. Yet I know no matter where I roam, he'll be calling. Home. I'm going to 
Boston home And you can't get worse than him Friends, thank you, friends. Thank you for your appreciation for that truly wonderful bunch of kids. And now it's time once again for Prune Play of the Week, where you have the opportunity for voting for the worst play of the year to go forward to the Eurovision Boo Boo contest, where the British entry will come second, as usual. And thank you. And could we have? Oh, please do keep your hands warm now. Could we have tonight's play, please? Play, please, and the play, please, if it comes to that. Can we have tonight's play, please? Thank you very much. Yes, Jimmy. <laughs> And this week's play is by Nigel Pig's Bladder Hat of the Artichokes, Letsby Avenue, Seldom Wilts. Seldom Wilts. Well, if his place is funny as his address, it should be truly appalling. Thank you. And his play is based on the famous story by Jules Verne, The Peas Are Silent, or, or 20,000 Leaks Under the Sea. Certainly got a high score on the old buometer. So, friends, let's hear your contemporary Nigel Pig's Bladders Hats Prune Play of the Week. Talk to the old men of the sea, and they will tell you of times long gone by when every man had to fight for his own survival. Hey, that's my survival. It's mine. No, 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 no. Our story begins in the mid-19th century, the scene, San Francisco. This was the centre of the fishing trade, and every morning out of the harbour sailed the whaling ships. But on this particular day, a crowd had gathered listening to an old sailor who was busy smashing up shellfish. Oh, a prawn broker. Just for once, I thought we could do a sea story without the fish jokes, but I was wrong. You want to do the fish jokes, all right, do the fish jokes. I don't care. Let's get them all out of the way before we start. Come on. Good evening. Here are the fish jokes. 
Come back to my place and we'll have a whale of a time. Then you put your skates on and I'll wear my new shoes with the Dover soles, the electric eels to give you a nasty shark on porpoise. Then we'll go for a long hike on the road to Manta Ray, singing the tuna of salmon-chanted evening for an oyster mainsail and clam every mountain. Finally, we'll visit the home for whales, kippers and whelks made out of the hide of eels. Well, Kipper, well, Tony. And you can have that in whiting. And that concludes this for today. Thank you. Oh, you'll have to speak up. I missed the last bit. I'm a little hard of hearing. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Now let's get back to the teapot. The old fisherman addressed the crowd. Listen, ye fools. Any man who sails out of Frisco and tries to cross the Pacific will be sailing to his death. And why? I'll tell you why. We got no boats. And, and there's another thing. The monster. I, the monster. I've read about it in this ancient ball of wool. He's only an old fisherman's yarn. Aye, but I've seen the monster too. It had a head as big as a house. A hideous scaly body and eyes that gleamed like campfires. Oh, flicker, flicker. <laughs> but at that moment, a stranger burst through the crowd. One moment. I am Professor Zermitz, known as Herman. Herman Zermitz. <laughs> well, you can't have everyone of enough. <laughs> but you can call me Teapot. I... Please. I wish to investigate this monster. And who be this voluptuous lady with thee uh, in the black mask, thigh-length boots, and leather g-string? This is <laughs> this is Mary, my little niece. Him, him, him. <laughs> Hello, sailor. Hello, whatever he may be. I'm the professor's assistant. Oh, be he? No, dame of the British Empire. <laughs> And I are determined to find the monster. Who will come with us? I will come with you. My name is Luke Lively. The ah. famous whaler. Listeners now have three seconds in which to think up their own famous whaler joke. <laughs> Write your joke on a postcard, stamp it, crumple it, tear it up, and poke its eyes out. <laughs> Luke Lively, you say, getting back to the plot. Indeed, I have heard your name linked with brave deeds and manly courage. We're just good friends. Tomorrow, the three of us will sail in search of the so-called self-styled clever dick monster. Between the three of us, we'll put a stop to these vile, vile rumors. Or start a few new ones. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't go. Don't They're go. They're We're going. going. You're not. We are. Then go. We will. And they did. <laughs> As the three adventurers set sail, many a hardened seaman muttered a prayer. God bless Mummy, God bless Daddy, and bring me a new harpoon. Oh, and a beautiful girl with enormous teapots. <laughs> and so the Professor, Luke and Mary, sailed out of Frisco in an armed catch. Ah, I knew there'd be a catch in it. <laughs> all right, all right. In that case, they set sail in an armed tug. A tug of war. All right, a schooner. Schooner you than me. All right. 
frigate. There's no answer at all. In vain, they searched for the monster. Then, after three fruitless months, they found a pineapple. Once they sighted a school of whales. One and one makes two, boy. Welcome back, Jock, yeah. Meanwhile, on board, the crew grew restless. Potatoes and forget-me-nots. Mary, young and beautiful, was the first to show the strain. Here, look, I've pulled a muscle. And as Mary shed a tear, the sailor in charge of the anchor was quick to offer his assistance. Your miss, blow your nose on me. On you, but fine. I'm the ship's anchor chief. And look at that beautiful sunset to red sky at night, sailor's delight. Aye, we're in for a filthy night. <laughs> Wait a minute. Look over there. What is it? What? Ah! Oh! No! No! It's the monster! Look! And sure enough, heading straight towards them, came the massive bulk of the monster, its two eyes blazing yellow fire, and its immense body churning up the sea till the waters raged and frothed. Hello? Hello, good evening, and welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Frost. On and on came the monster, and then as it hit the vessel, there was a violent explosion. Oh, bang! The ship lurched, and the crew were sent reeling. Within seconds, the professor, Mary, and Luke found themselves clinging to a bit of driftwood, alone and afloat in the Pacific waters. Oh, Luke, Luke, we must do something. <laughs> Not that. Perhaps we could put a message in this bottle which happens to be floating by. Good thinking. Let Luke have it. And when you've finished, give him the bottle. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Luke hastily scribbled a message, placed it in the bottle, and threw it far out to sea, praying that it would reach its destination. It did. And three days later, the milkman left two extra pints. But little did they know that the monster was passing beneath them at the time. And even littler did they know that the monster was, in fact, a giant submarine. They all thought it was Lady Constance. Anyway, at that very moment, the submarine began to surface. The captain gave the order, up periscope. Oh! Mary, what is it? I was hoping you could tell me. <laughs> it's the monster! It's the monster! Oh, look! It's a submarine disguised as a monster! Slowly, the great black body rose beside them. Then the hatch squeaked open. Open. Thank you, Hatch. <laughs> Onto the deck of the submarine stepped the captain. He wore a naval uniform, and they could tell by the scrambled egg on his hat that he was a full commander. And a messy eater. <laughs> the captain spoke. Welcome aboard, Professor. I'm Captain Nemo, and you're all my prisoners. This is my submarine, the Naughty Lass. <laughs> captain Nemo bore a striking resemblance to James Mason. Except perhaps for his voice. I'm delighted to meet you, Professor, and your companion, Luke. But who is the young lady? I don't think I've had the pleasure. You wait your turn. <laughs> Captain Nemo, this is my niece, Mary. I beg you to spare her. Do with me what you will, but spare her. Why should she have all the fun? <laughs> Professor, you have my word that I shall not touch one hair of her head. 
I'll concentrate on the rest of her. <laughs> Come below with me. You must be hungry, otherwise you wouldn't be nibbling my leg. <laughs> After a sumptuous dinner consisting of seaweed stroganoff and octopus crumble, the captain went to one end of the submarine and the professor to the other. And the two men spoke at great length. <laughs> I've been down here a long time. I'm so out of touch. How are things back in the old country? I hear they're building streets out of trees. Yes, they're the new trunk roads. Oh, yes. oh now oh. I know I'm better off down here. But why do you take up this life of piracy, hiding from reality in the rest of the world? Think what you're missing. The Simon D. Show, the OBE, Continental-style unmanned level crossings. John Davidson. Who? All right, take away Joan Davidson. You're probably back with what you started. Peyton Place, Gerald Navarro, the hovercraft. Oh, and could I perhaps stay here with you? But before the captain could answer, he was cut short. <laughs> the multilats suddenly began to shudder and shake as if it were in the grip of a mighty hand. The was flung into a watertight compartment. Ah! Watertight compartment! crockery and appalling jokes were flung in all directions. It was Captain Nemo who broke the awkward silence. Sorry. He issued rapid orders to the crew, but as he spoke, his heart was in his mouth. <laughs> Immediately, the naughty lass rose to the surface, and as the crew emerged on deck, they could hardly contain their horror as their eyes met with the grotesque and hideously misshapen bulbous body which held the submarine in its powerful grip. Will it be this time? A fearful sound rents the air. <laughs> What is it? Oh, it's a particularly well-developed specimen oh. of Crustacea Constancia Constancia, the most feared of all sea creatures. The sea beds are full of them. <laughs> I should be so lucky. It's not true. I'm only after one thing. We know, we know. Marry, marry me, Captain. Well, somebody do something. Anybody do something. Suddenly, Luke leapt to his feet. Ah, caught him. I got an idea, Captain. Hang on. Yes, what a good idea. <laughs> Without more ado, Luke turned on the switch which electrified the hull of the vessel, sending 200,000 volts pulsating through the quivering body of the monster. No, do it again! <laughs> Here, what? What kind of creature are you? I'm very thick-skinned, like all us shellfish. All you what? Mollusks. Well, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Now then, where was I? Oh, yes, marry me, Captain. I've always wanted a husband and a home and four or five little squids. <laughs> Don't carp, I'll have my face lifted by a plastic surgeon. Anyway, mull it over. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was a fish joke there, I warned you. I can't be responsible for the consequences of fish jokes. Captain, it's getting very rough out there. You mean the sea? No, the audience. We're singing, we're going down, the program's going down. It was the fish jokes that did it, I did tell you. All right, cocky draws. What can we do to save the program? We have to use the emergency procedure. Man the life, Joe! All hands to the puns! Operate the emergency punchline. Aye, Captain, emergency punchline number one. Fire! That was no lady! That was my wife! It's no good, it didn't work. <laughs> 
Fire number two. No, she went of her own accord. Mr. Garrett. They're not working. Abandon the script. There's one last chance. Get on the radio and broadcast the international distress call to summon appreciation when all else fails. Teapot, teapot, teapot. I believe you have been listening to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea so far as I can fathom. That's the helm were Commander Titheridge and Captain Hatch, and the crew were Tim Rook Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kennan, and Bilotti. The naughty script was by Bilotti, and the nautical script by Graham Garden and Peter Kemp. The music was played by Dave Lee and his sirens, and arranged by Leon Cohen. And here is John Cleese to pipe you aboard. Hello, sailors, it's Simon. Sorry, I'll read that again, again, mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.